What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday, which means it is time for another Hold That Podcast podcast, hashtag HTPP. Uh, I am your host, T-Bob Bear. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Brody Miller. Brody, how are you feeling this Tuesday? I'm doing well. You gave me some coffee, and I don't really drink coffee anymore. I'm off it, so this could... My point is, this could be an off-the-rails podcast. Uh, and you used to be obsessed with coffee, right? Like, oh, like your a, eye like roll a, there like a beautiful. like a normal human being, and now uh, you don't drink coffee anymore. How yeah, is that? Like once a week, yeah. yeah. Once a week, like that's how cold turkey you've gone on Dude, coffee. It's crazy. And the best part is, I quit the week. I quit August first. Like, how I quit do you, football season? How do you keep your energy levels up? I drink some tea, but also like yeah, the first ten days or so were hell, and then like. And now it's just I wake up and I'm like, don't feel like a garbage human like I did. Like, I would wake up, feel like garbage until I had three cups of coffee. I'd have a whole pot just to get my day going. Have another pot around 1 p.m. Have, like, a cold brew at 4, maybe a green tea at 6. Okay. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, to be fair, that does sound a little extreme. Yeah, it was, especially during football season, it was crazy. I have one cold brew in the morning, generally, nice. and that's my thing. Um, But I've been doing a lot more stuff uh, kind of throughout the day, so I do find myself enjoying a little extra coffee like i drink a coffee every time before this um either way my problem is i do everything in excess yeah i if left to my own devices i get real greasy real fast oh absolutely um, i had a bag of doritos last night i mean i know if i was hungry when my when my when my parents wow when my um wife and child left me for 11 days earlier this or you know a few weeks ago yeah, that was a rough time for you man i mean it was dark it was dark just beer cans a pizza boxes in front of the computer a lot of time in front of the computer, yeah. playing games and other things that don't make you feel good. Right when you finish them, you're kind of questioning your self worth. So it, was, it gets greasy real quick. But that's not what we're here to talk that's about. Not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about LSU football. Uh, we're also here to tell you to go buy a subscription to the Athletic because it's fantastic. Also and, go to A Bear Specialty Meats. Yes, it's Hall- it's uh, Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. Which means you want to go to A Bear Specialty Meats and Bocage, get your stuffed turkeys, your turduckins, all that great stuff. Um, now, Brody, sup? Uh, let's dive into the news of the day, which is I enjoyed uh, you get is it you getting in Twitter fights with people about the LSU defense? No, but man, I was drunk Saturday night, and ah, I was uh, wasn't sure. Yeah, 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 and I was just engaging with a lot of tomfoolery that I probably should not have. You were really engaging with every reply, um, which sometimes actually, to be fair, I know I know that sometimes I'm not, not saying your points were wrong. No, 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 and 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 I know that sometimes, like, um, you know, we we say like there's a golden rule you should never do that, or you know, just don't engage because blah. But like honestly, yeah. I like to argue and you I do. like to debate. Like I just do. Like even yeah. if I know I'm losing an argument at times, I will just continue to to try to like uh, evade and debate and 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 adjust and adapt. Like and, and still try to win the argument. I just enjoy and it. And it works with your role. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't think it's like a problem if you're getting in like feisty debates with people on Twitter because like that's part of being a real yeah, guy. Yeah, like right? it goes right. Like, if yeah. I do it, they'd be like, "What's this guy's problem?" Like I don't want to read. You the have news. to abide by journalistic integrity to some extent. Yeah. Um, I do not. Yeah. And and now, but see, that is a problem. Is that I don't what think you're, what what, what else I don't like? What else I don't like, though, is, and, and and I do, obviously, I think that I have inherent bias, but a little bit. Um, I do not like a lot of times when it comes to anything, really, any sort of criticism or uh, analysis, optimism 
or not even optimism, but but having a uh, positive outlook on what took place is immediately dismissed as being subject, you know, not being objective. Yeah. And then and then people always want to correlate uh, having a negative outlook as keeping it real or like <laughs> telling the truth. And that is something that I've always tried to fight against in my radio career. Like yeah. negativity does not necessarily equal objectivity. It might just mean absolutism and ex- like and just reactionaryism. Yeah. I I am I am someone who I I will say this when I tell you that this is my view of what happened, I'm not saying I'm right, um, but it is what I believe to be the objective truth. And if I tell you I think it's bad, then it's because I really think it's bad. And if I tell you, like I will today, that I don't think it's nearly as bad as it looked, then I am going to tell you why that is. But know that I am not believing that because I, like, want LSU to be good or something. Like, the defense, if you lose a game, it'll almost assuredly be be because the defense was the weaker unit on the team. Obviously. They're not the strength of the team. The offense is the strength of the team. That said, the defense is not nearly as bad as no. they looked Saturday night, and we'll get into a lot of the reasons why that are. I have actually not read your piece yet this time, but uh, somebody did link it to me and say, you know, this is a lot of what T-Bob was kind of trying yeah. to explain Saturday night. And it's so, not a deep of a breakdown. But that's right? interesting because we, but we didn't also we have not talked about any of this, so we kind of yeah, arrived this is this is at the same place um, independently. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, my take, my breakdown wasn't even that deep. It was pretty much just like, hey, let's look at all five of those big explosive plays and like see what was going on. And at the end of the day, the answer is pretty clear. I don't think it was like an X's and O's thing. I don't think like they were out schemed and Dave Aranda got whooped or anything like that. Yeah, one or two plays, Rich Rodriguez signed up nice and beat him. Sure. But other than that, I just feel like LSU was up 28 3. This isn't a, it's not a defense of LSU to be very clear. This is still a problem, but not a, game-changing problem where they got up 28-3, got a little sloppy. This is a team made to just, you know, that's an explosive big play team, and they broke some plays while LSU played out of position, got sloppy, undisciplined. And 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 the thing is, why I say I don't think there's going to be much carryover, uh, the reasons are many-fold. One of them is that, to your point, um, everybody's worried about how they would start this game. Would they be hungover? No, they yeah. started great. But, as you said, when you, they get, then got out to that big lead, then they started chilling. Yeah. And they basically thought it was over, and Plumley credit him for being a fighter. He that had different ideas. Fun. He's a beast. I hope He's Rich Rod beast. stays there just to see what Plumley and Ely do together the next like three years. I mean, because that is true, right? It is the combination of Rich Rod with an actual just super hyper-fast quarterback so that can do some very creative things. Well, LSU fans don't want to hear it, but that dude is so fun to watch. <laughs> so, like, that's one reason I think it's an outlier. You're not going to check out in a big game. The same way that they checked yeah. out on a cold night on the road in Oxford. And then people will say, what about Alabama? Uh, Alabama was an incredible loss. Yeah, yeah, see, okay, so that that's and that, and that's where maybe I'm just engaging. It's like it becomes a tough conversation to have because I actually think the Bama game was a successful defensive performance. Yeah, that first half was Which sounds absurd. It, but, but it's because of the offense that you're going against combined yeah. with the fact that you played well enough defensively so that Alabama never had the ball in the second half with a chance to take the lead. Like, I actually think that is important. Yes, you gave up 41, but guess what? Alabama averages 50, right? Like, like the only defense that stopped Tua in that Bama attack was Clemson with four first-rounders on the D-line or three first-rounders, whatever it is. So, and, But but people aren't people aren't really willing to engage with that. Like, yeah. like most people are going to disagree with me there and think that the defense is bad against Alabama, and, you know, I, 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 I just I, – I, I disagree. 
Well, and I think what you and I tend to come back to on the show is pretty often like things are kind of relative. Let's let's look at the whole yeah. picture and not just the optics of that one disgusting quarter. You know, when you look at the Alabama game, people are going to see those twenty eight points in the second half. And by the way, I don't blame them. That wasn't pretty. Like it wasn't. That's a problem. I'm not yeah. arguing that. But you also need to look at that they absolutely shut them down in the first half. Yeah, like the, it's a big picture. Or you know, uh, Stuart Mandel, my colleague, who I think is much smarter than me in almost every way, but he's he's pointing out to these stats about. I think you're very smart. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. But he keeps pointing out that like uh, you know Clemson and Ohio State, I forget which order, but they're number one and two in yards allowed in the country, and LSU's fifty third. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree those two teams might have better defenses. I'm not necessarily arguing that. Yeah. But using the 53rd is a little flawed because none of those two teams, I know Ohio State has not played a fing, single, has not played a single top 50 SP plus offense. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I can, I'm going to have to fact check. I mean, they're but, playing in the Big Ten. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they have not. And, like, I still think that defense <laughs> is really good, but it might not be number one if they played LSU schedule. While LSU. Well, the numbers wouldn't be as gaudy. Yeah, exactly. While LSU, 53rd, not a great look. But LSU has played one of the hardest schedules in the country. They've played Texas, which, despite your fl- thoughts about them, have a great offense. They've played Florida. And that was a, that was a, like you were on the road in Texas. And That's um, good offense. That was a Texas team that still believed themselves to be like yeah. Sugar Bowl champs. And Ellinger just played a hell of a he game. played a hell of a game. Then you got Florida, which, despite your thoughts about them, really good offense, in my opinion. Auburn. Not an amazing offense, but you shut them down. Like they had pretty much yeah. nothing all game. And then you had Alabama, where you actually contained. Like you've played four top ten games. Like and even like your Utah State's. That's a quality offense. You, I'm trying to think of some shut other. them down. Yeah, LSU's played a really hard schedule, which is why I always love SP Plus because 53rd is not really what this team should be. SP Plus has as the 29th ranked SP yeah, Plus that defense in the country. That feels way more realistic. That sounds about right. There are much better defenses than LSU's, but it is not some disaster. And I think, yeah, I just think you really have to look at, judge a team by what it's like when the team's locked in and whatnot. I think there may be a little bit of friction with LSU fans accepting that the defense is not the strength of the team. Yeah. That you're not going to win games. <laughs> and Ed Ogeron has made a few kind of jokes about that. Yeah, that like you're not going to win games because of the defense. You're you're going to win the same way that the 9 Saints won, uh, which is with incredible offense and defense that is good enough. And and you you point out total yardage being flawed. And if you look at this defense, one thing they've done all year long, Brody. They give up a lot in between the 30s, but when you get close, they really tend to do a pretty good job of bowing up. They're a really good trenches defense. I yes. Mean, like, I always point back to they, going into this game, I think they were the number one run defense in the SEC, right? Okay, so yeah, so that, and, and that is, that, that highlights another reason why to me, this is such an outlier performance. Because this is a different kind of run game that you're not going to see that often. Well, yes, we'll get there because yeah, I have a yeah. lot of thoughts same on here, that. Same here. But, but even, but just statistically, like you said, we've gone over all the numbers. Um, they were 13th best in the nation in run defense coming in. You've mentioned how good they've been in stop rate. If you look at just conference games, their run defense has been great. Like that's been, they have been a great, to flirting with elite run defense this entire year. Yeah. So if that run defense then gives up 400 yards rushing, I'm going to cancel say, everything else out. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's the exception, not the rule. It's too much of an extreme outlier for me to overreact. Like, oh my god, we can't stop the run. Which goes back to I think the overall discussion we need to have then is something that you and I by agree on is that you can't just look at like 
aggregate yards because I don't think that's a good indicator, which is why I get so into some Bill Connolly stats because, yeah, in the trenches, like a team running up the middle like an Auburn or a Florida, like a traditional run game, LSU's dominant stopping It's that. why I actually really like LSU against the eventual matchup against Georgia. Same. I actually completely um, agree. Yeah. Because um, also then you're the, if you do that, you're putting the pressure on the corners. You really trust your corners. Like You're, you're made to stop an Auburn and a Georgia. Yes. But LSU does have one very clear flaw. It's giving up explosive plays. They're great at just like a grinded out. Yeah, that's true. But they are even eight, in the games where they've been dominant defensively, like they, like Auburn. There's still been one or two huge ones one, that got uh, them. And Vanderbilt's a game where like the defense didn't play bad that game, but they yeah. gave up five explosive plays. And right now, uh, according to Bill Connolly's stats, they are 85th in isolated points per play, which is kind of an explosiveness metric, and then 83rd in marginal explosiveness, which factors in. Mm. Uh, Pace of play, so so that is that is that a is legit a, weakness. That, that is a real weakness. Saying the run defense is weak, things like that. That's where you lose me. But yes, they gave up explosive plays. Um, but and, and before we get too much into the Ole Miss game, too, I want to ask you about this. What uh, I, I guess I'm not shocked by, and I'm probably hearing just from a vocal Twitter minority, but it was a little interesting to me. How I don't know if it's how quickly uh, we can become s- spoiled as a fan base or how um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the goodwill built up by the Alabama win, you would have thought. I, I thought they would have been like, ah, it's cool, you know. Yeah, it was a bad <laughs> night defensively, but you scored 57. You had 700 yards of total offense. Nope. Like your quarterback you, man. threw for 500 and and five scores. Like I thought it'd be on the whole, everybody be like, it's a 21 point win on the road. I thought that's it, how which, entry, which is yeah. what Vegas had it as 21. And and so I thought it'd be a little more like, you know, the defense was not good, but it's okay. But people were ready to burn this thing down. And I think it's a vocal minority. I think it I is. Think so. But it was still shocking to me. And my biggest pet peeve are the people mentioning Clemson and Ohio State. Because there is so much football left to play until then. There's still not a guarantee you will even make the playoff. I think you will. I, I think almost under seems, any circumstance like you it. will. But losing the SEC championship could still imperil that. And like, and, and, and even larger than that, from a more philosophical standpoint, like, this is, if you've grown up an LSU fan, this is a magical year. 10 and 0, four top 10 wins. You're finishing off these last two games in Tiger Stadium. Have you lost the ability to enjoy the ride? Like, I feel like people are freaking out because they're feeling the pressure of, oh my God, they can actually win a national championship. And so that's what their head is just locked on. But it's like, guys, 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 it's not all about the destination. Enjoy the journey. Because that's what you're going to remember. Like, that's what you're going to take away from this has been this season as a whole and what it, and, and, and what it's felt like. So, which is I like- just really did not enjoy everybody constantly bringing up Clemson and, and, and Ohio State like they were relevant to what happened Saturday against Ole Miss. Which is really unfortunate, and this is almost like you could argue kind of like a flaw is not the right word, but like a consequence of the playoff is that now point. the season will end. Like Chances are, unless you're the one team out of 120-something, the season will end in a loss, right? Like, and that's what I try to explain to yeah. odds. Like, the math is not on your side that you're going to win a championship. You're capable yeah. of winning a championship, so, but it's not on your side. It's kind of unfortunate, yeah, that you say all this, that like, say LSU loses in the championship to Ohio State. <laughs> now this season will be a failure, and you're like, you a year ago you would have begged for this. Yes, exactly. So it's just interesting. And a year ago you would have begged for 57 points, 700 yards of offense, and five scores from your quarterback and looking like a beast while doing so. Yeah. So let's just maintain 
By the a way, little perspective one is my, all I'm saying. Did you see a lot of people? I had a lot of people in my comments being like, this is proof we need Divinity back. This is like... Like, listen, man, I'm not arguing, like, yeah, losing Divinity stinks. That's uh, a tough loss. But please point to me a single one of those plays that happened that, one, win against where Divinity would have been on the field, and two, his skill set would have fixed. He's a pass rusher. None of those issues were pass yeah, rush related. No, it's like, they it's, were, like, safeties taking weird angles. They were like inside the game lo- that he would be least effective yeah. in. Like, and again, that's, this is not a diss on Michael Divinity, but, like, that, had, I don't see how that had anything to do with it. No, um... Like, this so, had to do with Grant Delpit not looking like Grant Delpit, which looks like it's probably very injury. F- he's playing hurt. He's and playing it hurt. to play hurt. I I've, he, I've been there. I've he, played I, on, like, a, yeah. a a partially torn meniscus, and it would suck because after the game, my social media would just be inundated with, like, you suck because, which, you know, I wasn't playing as well as yeah. I wanted to. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of playing on one leg out here. Like, I'm trying to help. And you can't say that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. you can't. You can't. And, and, and it's one of those deals where, well, why is he playing? Well, who else would you go with if you had to put Delpit on the bench? Monroe? It's, that's a that's a real problem. Well, I Monroe, mean, yeah. Ever since Todd Harris got hurt, though, like you just don't have the depth there. And then what's his name? Keenan Jones transferred. Keenan Jones. And word on the street that he would have played. He would have started. And, and so you can't go anywhere else. And so Delpit is really... You saw Christian Fulton play a little deep safety Saturday. Cause that's oh, really? Like, I missed Eddie, that. He screwed up on the... I hate the word screwed up. But uh, on the the keeper where Plumlee just had daylight on the outside, that one, uh, with the one where like LSU slanted hard in. It was Plumlee's second touchdown, the one where he just went keeper, went to the right, and like there was no defender yeah. near him. Yeah, yeah, That one, that, well, that was a Joseph's fault entirely. That was more just LSU, like, LSU called the heavy slant, the field was open. But yeah, I mentioned that a couple times where they got yeah, schemed up but, perfectly like that. Yeah, but Joseph was uh, lined up as the... Sorry, Fulton. Saying, oh, my God. You're I'm saying sorry. Kelvin Joseph. I said that twice now, wow, I think. weird. Christian Fulton... Uh, it's because he's number one, that's why. Yeah. Christian Fulton was lined up as the deep safety, which I don't think I've seen him do before. And he, I mean, not that I think this is like the point, but he actually went the complete wrong way, followed the wrong read, and then that that meant nobody was on the backside. So Delpit's not right, but it's one of those things where I feel bad for him because he has to go out there and I feel like he just has to keep trying his best. Which is unfortunate because like, he's losing so much money right now. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if NFL guys, though, because if nothing else, they know. I mean, like if you're a scout, you know that this guy's playing hurt. You're getting the the inside you, word. Yeah, they know. But it's but take, even pre injury, it's he taking wasn't... him from being top fifteen to like late first. Early yeah, second. yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But then, okay. But then, if he was not playing, would do you think his stock would still be taking that hit? Honestly, no, I don't. I and think that's a bit, I think that's that a bit would actually, and also. Again, we've explained why it's not as simple as just take a week off. I don't think LSU has that luxury right now. Maybe Arkansas. I think might. Arkansas you can. I think you can. I, mean, I think if, if you really wanted to, if I you mean, have any faith in it's up any. to the trainers. But like, if you really wanted to, you should be able to get by. Yeah, Arkansas. I try to avoid like having strong takes on those things because I'm not in the trainers room. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, but no, I mean, it's ultimately what the medical guys say. Yeah. But like, if but there was ever a time. But yeah, I, I think it would help his stock to take one or two games off and then actually be yourself for the last game. Or two. Just do one so you can get a little revenge on AM. You know he wants a little revenge on AM. Yeah, which is more reason. Yeah, he needs to sit out. Yeah. Um so yeah, so so Delpit's not right. One, one thing I want to highlight about the Ole Miss offense. Tell me, buddy. Um and you kind of mentioned it first, and this is another point that I was trying to get across on Twitter. It's a it's 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 a gimmicky offense. And um yeah. it probably carries a kind of negative connotation with it and I won't even fight against it because maybe that's what it's meant to sound like. It's an offense where when I was in college um, 
my coach would have called it Mickey Mouse bullshit. And that's and that's just like is it? It I mean it is it is, well because it is it is a uh, the last touchdown well not the the last like the fake reverse maybe that was so sick dude that it was, was great so sick. but the rest were they I mean it was kind of just simple like zone reedy type offense yeah but look at look at the line look at the counteraction of the line and how they're gaining a man on LSU every single time at almost every play um, they have the 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 front side three linemen yeah. all blocked back, so they have great angles, a gap scheme, and then they're pulling the backside guard and tackle. Yeah. How are they able to pull the backside guard and tackle? Because you have a running quarterback, and so you leave that back end unblocked, and the quarterback takes care of him, which then gives you an extra man when you're flanking them and attacking the edge. LSU should have gone. Um, and I've talked to people that told me that I'm not coming up with this in a vacuum. They should have gone cover zero, just trusted in their corners so they would not have that extra man. Because they kept a single high safety, Ole Miss was able to consistently outflank them. And it's, it look, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a really good system when it's humming and when it's working. And, and out of that look with the three guys blocking back and the two guards pulling, they did so much different stuff. Some were basic zone reads. Some turned into options. A couple turned into options where like he would fake like he was running the option and cut it back with the complete opposite direction. Yeah, and be, yes. And because you have guys blocking both ways and action going both ways, the linebackers are very hesitant to get, it's, it's like, it's like when you run up against a wing T team in high school and it's very confusing. And and it's very and if you're not ready for it, you will get burned. Like you don't know where to go. Your run fits are bad. Um, Patrick Queen and Jacob Phillips look very confused yeah. all night long. 100%. Um, but it's also not an off. You're not you're not going to see it again. You're you're not going to see that kind of that that kind of scheme again for the rest of and the season. And this sounds crazy. Sorry to cut you off, but no. like on top of that, I know it sounds crazy to talk about a four seven team, but like. You're not going to see another quarterback that's quite like Plumlee again this year. No. Well, that's the whole reason why this offense works. Yeah. You have like, to have an elite runner at quarterback because, like I said, yeah. he is the key to unlocking the flank. Like, he is the key to giving you numbers in all of these plays, having to account for him no matter what. And then they start crashing down the end to try to blow it up. Well, what do you know? Plumlee just pulls it and then yeah. runs for like 17,000 miles. There's not another quarterback you're going to see that's going to literally beat Patrick Queen to one-on-one. You know, like, that's just... No, dude, that is another thing that showed up on credit film. Credit to Plumlee. That, that everybody, they vastly underestimated Plumlee's speed. He was... The angles they were taking were terrible. He was just bad. outrunning them. Like, just straight up outrunning them. So, and, and then you say, well, T-Bop, this offense sounds pretty unstoppable. Like, why doesn't everybody just run this if it's that good? Uh, first off, uh, well, the, the main thing is it, it does, it has a small margin of error because once you have to pass, you're, 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 you're just, you're done. Like, like yeah, if you, you pick. if you, if you get behind the chains, like it is great when it's humming and it can feel like how could anybody ever stop this? But the second you get behind the chains, you're potentially in trouble. So it's kind of like you're always one bad play away or one penalty away from the drive just stalling out and dying. Um, now in that second half, because LSU did not look... And it also feels like Rich Rod, Rich Rod went full Rich Rod second half. Yeah. First half, he was a little more traditional... Yep. 
Um, they were even wow, working sorry. in that other quarterback, right? And then second half, it feels like Rich Rod was like, screw it, dude. We're just going like which straight is, wing T. Which made watching him in the booth when they cut to him a lot that second half way more fun because you could tell, like you said, he was just like, I'm doing it my way. Yes. And it was just like, so when some of those plays worked, he's losing his shit up there. Yes, he's just like, dude. hell yeah, man, this is fun. And and, and be, I keep saying wing T. Don't take that to mean that this is literally the wing T. I'm saying it's, it's in the principles. spirit of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's a lot of misdirection, a lot of making your hurry hard, and a lot of using the quarterback and his speed to outflank you. And um, I don't know, man. I like you said. I hope that Rich Rod and Plumley uh, stay together for a while because they could be pretty freaky. I, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on, and also Jerry on Ely, the freshman. Who yeah, was like a top 150 running. I feel like everybody's freshman on the team. Too. That, there's some fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Elijah Moore's young, right? It's 85 percent of their there's offensive Mingo's production young, is yeah. freshman. It's, so there's some fun pieces there. Let's not forget. I don't know LSU fans. I guess this is an LSU fan. Like our listeners are fans, but like. I like just watching SEC football. I want teams to be good. I'd rather watch good football. Yeah. Like, I, I'm rooting for this Ole Miss team to get together because they just started getting their recruiting numbers back. Yeah. So they're young and like I know Matt Luke's probably going to get fired sooner than later. But like See, I don't think you know, he I mean, he's got a great staff in place. I don't have entire Rich Rod. Yeah, you no, assume no, they're not going to be there long. But the point is, like you said, is that same with Owen. He got hired is because you hire someone like Luke, you have more money to hire assistants. Like I've talked to the Ole Miss reporters and like the list of guys they brought in for those jobs, even the ones they didn't hire. Yeah. Big name. Like so, if you can keep, and also the su- success is a tricky word, but those both these coordinators, I would argue, anyone who knows what they're doing can see they're having success. I think so too, man. So like, I would stay the course. You honestly, would think even if, if they leave, Miss. like McIntyre, maybe goes like Vanderbilt. It's his family's, his dad used to be coach there. Like, okay, hire someone good. That, like, I don't know. I'm all in on that. That'd be fun. They're going to get the recruiting numbers back. If you're Ole Miss and you're humming, you can always recruit well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm all for it. And also, what's fun wrinkle? Well, but, can you recruit well, though? And then the problem is trying to recruit to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I do think it's still a bit of a but tough Mississippi's sell. Mississippi's a talented state. And right now, I That think, is true. That is true. So, oh, yeah. If you and just, you're never going to get all the five-star guys. You got But if you can get some of those big Mississippi names. Oh, man. Like, 2019 class was crazy and in Mississippi. and Or 2018. Sorry. Yeah. But... And Mississippi State's down right now, so you can start winning that even more. That's true, and and like and 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 where Moorhead feels like a hopelessly lost situation, I f- I feel like at least there is a little, there's a little juice. And the most fun Ole thing Miss about right Ole Miss now. is that both those two stars I'm talking about, Plumlee and Ely, they're both baseball guys. They're both two sport guys. Oh, really? So that's kind of fun. Like, when have you ever seen that? Wow. Where like the two best players on a team are going to be two sport guys for the next three years? Plumlee's a gamer, man. No, but Ely, no, he can scoot. Ely's like was a top fifty baseball player in the whole country. Like he's an actual. Like, he could have gone pro for a lot of money. Well, that's how they ended up at Ole Miss, I mean, right? Because the baseball program. I mean, go play they, football immediately. And Ole Miss are like two of the only programs that can get away with that. Stuff. Yeah, they play good baseball. So we'll see, and we'll see, and and um. But 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 all this all <laughs> Sorry, this is to tangent. point out yeah no but all all like we said all this is to po- I'm just trying to lay out my case as to why I am not panicking yeah. about this but, and you know what sucks there, so this is what frustrates me is that like you said there can only be one champion so the odds are you don't win the championship yeah, chances are and chances are when you lose that game it won't be because of the offense it'll be because of the defense and I'm going to have That's a whole bunch offseason. of people saying I told you so I told you so but you're 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 kind of missing the point my point is they are good enough they're not great they are good enough I believe to win a championship but they are certainly the main point is they are certainly not as bad as they looked Saturday night 
Yeah, I'm telling you, we just need to name our podcast like somewhere in the middle. You know, <laughs> just yeah. the gray area. Gray area. How exciting. The gray, Fin sitting. The gray pod. Um, fin sitting. Just never take <laughs> hedge, a, We're hedging never every take opinion. A strong, yeah, never take a strong take. But that's where the way. world lives. That is true. The world is based on the middle. God, sorry. I, get I used up to, in my younger days, when I thought I was being uh, very uh, smart, um, I used to say that my guiding life philosophy was Ooh. shades of gray. That yeah. everything has shades of gray. Yeah. I, I don't. Talk, yeah, I don't talk about like that? that like that. But how yeah, it's kind of how I live my life. Yeah. Oh, okay, so welcome, welcome aboard. Yeah, we meet every Tuesday in our philosophy club. Just, I, I, just for fun. Um, so do we want to actually talk Arkansas at all, or just for play? I'm trying to think if I have any more thoughts on here. I mean, I mean, the offense is a, a machine. There's not much to say about it anymore. No. Um. I, okay. This is what else jumped out at me. Apu Ike played a really good game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he flashed hard a couple times. Clearly, one play tweeted out where. Now, Ole Miss screwed it up. Like, there was an M.A. not blocking him, but then he made the most of that M.A., literally running over two guys and getting a TFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see his upside over the next three years. And we were talking before the show of just, like, you watch that guy, like, pass rush drills at practice, and you just, you know, the D-line, like, the nose tackles. You're kind of just like, huh, yeah, they're doing a drill. Like, you know, yeah. they're not really – you watch Apu Ike, and it's like, oh, that guy is fluid, and he's, like – He's doing passport stuff, and it's like, that guy actually is, like, coordination and, like, agility, and, like, that guy can move. I, I, I'm really excited to see what he... Also, and like, what happens if Shelvin's back next year, which I would assume So that's is. what I was going to say. It, it is wild when you combine him with Tyler Shelvin. For years, you had no... For the first four years of the Dave Aranda defense... You had no true nose guard. Now, you had some guys play well. Like Ed, Ed Alexander, Alexander had, like, a four-game stretch. Ed was probably... He had a stretch where he looked nasty. Yeah, that... <laughs> and, and he was probably the closest you had to like a true nose guard in terms of body type, what you're looking for. He wasn't quite there, but he was right on the edge of it. But now, in Shelvin and Ica, you got two guys that just seem immovable at times. Two just masses of men that, I mean, good luck trying to... Like, they just swallow up double teams while freeing up the linebackers. And Shelvin's only just now figuring it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't blame him if he went pro, but I would assume he needs to prove it for another year with all the kind of question marks surrounding him and his I weight. wonder if Ed Alexander leaving and kind of how that went, if That's that uh, plays in his decision-making at all. And LSU's whole kind of mentality with how they talk to their underclassmen is like, if you're a first or second round pick, not going to blame you for a second. Yeah, go. But they'll they'll try to talk you out of it if you're like a third through well, seven. Because guy. you, I mean, if you're a third or fourth round pick as a junior, there's a chance you could work your way up and yeah. make millions of dollars. Now I get it if a guy just wants to go make money and get out of school. Some people need it, yeah. But like when when you accept your lower draft gauge, you do expose yourself to a lot of risk because there's no guarantee you get drafted later. And then if you don't look, the higher you get drafted, the more cut proof you are. Bottom line. Like, it doesn't actually matter how you're... It does matter, obviously. Obviously, it matters. But if, like, you are a second-round pick, and they have an undrafted free agent at the same position, and y'all are playing at similar levels, even if you're playing a bit worse, he will get cut, and you will stick around. People might think of it as expensive, but that's not how that works. Because they have money guaranteed to you. Yes, exactly. They're, they're, They're invested in you. So there's incentive to try to maximize your draft stock. So all of a sudden, though, LSU... There's two nose guards. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, uh, just one play in particular, uh, Ole Miss tried the fake lookover, yeah, like two in Alabama that, yeah. did, and the defense was ready for it. Derek Stingley, they tried to get him on it. Yeah. So, you know, you like seeing points of improvement. I love the sell by the left tackle, too, because he went for it. After yeah. the first clap, the left tackle just went straight leg, bending over, hands on his knees. He was chilling. And then, uh, they, they, they did not slick by Plumley as well. And then finally, um, 
Clyde Edwards Elair is on a different level than these other running backs. No one's even close to him. Like Tyrion Davis Price, Emory, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like Clyde Edwards Elair is just playing out of his mind right now. The cuts he is making, the the, the tackles that he's breaking, I, I'm just blown away. He's exceeded the whole, like our first like nine weeks of the season was constantly us just saying he's better than you guys realize, and now he's finally there. It's he's more better than, than we realized. Yeah, even insane. And that. now he's kind of in that zone. I'm trying to think of a good sports comp, but like that zone of just like when you see a tackler, you just kind of like now it's expected. Now we all kind of operate under a world of like oh he's going to make a miss, and he just kind of does. He does like he, if he's an open field, he's going to win that battle 85. percent And of the, time. the cuts are just so. Freaking sharp, dude. It looks like a video game. It's crazy. And he's another one, by the way, about the draft. I mean, like a year ago, you would never think Clyde Edwards yeah. was going pro. Now, I mean, I look at a guy like him the same way I look at the comp I'd use is like when you see an undersized point guard or a center in the NBA like mm-hmm. going pro early in the draft. Because like if you're, if you're an undersized point guard, you might not have massive stock, and you might be like, "Oh, you'll get better." But that stock's not—you're always going to be an undersized yes, point guard. Yes, so yeah, it's never—you're never going to like suddenly be a top ten guy. So that's you need to point. just go and try to make it. And I'm not saying that that's not a perfect comparison for football. It's very different. But like, he's a five eight running back, and it seems like his stock will never be higher. Like, yeah, he might not be a first round pick, but I think if he's a mid to late second, you go. Well, uh, so my brother loves fantasy football. And one of his, and he's won a lot of leagues and everything. And one of his guiding philosophies is pretty simple. It's just like if you're looking for a running back, just go with a really good quarterback, like just like a good quarterback in offense that scores a lot. And we don't know exactly where this LSU offense will be next year. I think they'll be very good. Yeah, they won't be this, but they won't be this. And you're not going to have Joe Burrow. So if I'm Clyde. And with the year that's gone down, maybe you think like, okay, let's strike while the iron's hot. Like you said, let's go try to make it in the league. And I wouldn't blame him at all. Uh, my final game note. Do it. Um, the Xfinity Skycam replay great. is the way to watch a game. Maybe not live. Not live because I like yeah, announcers re-watch. and I like all that. But to rewatch, I've been trying to get my hands on the end zone uh, tight shot for years, and that's not happening. I cannot get access to the film. They won't give it to me. That's crazy. And uh, the Skycam is even better because it's, it's better fluid. Well, it's like right there. It's, if, if you're going pure scheme, it's not better because the views you're, you're not really getting a lot of the receivers action. But I don't, I, I don't understand or care about that as much anyway. Right now, I'm yeah. still learning it. Um, but like it's so dynamic and it really reinforces, like I said, with Clyde to me, it just reinforced how insane his cuts and vision are right now. Burrow, pocket presence, footwork, vision, how the, the windows that you see them throwing into. Uh, it's obviously excellent for deciphering line play and I was rules. Say, it's probably perfect for this week looking at what happened. Oh, in the, I mean, it is, else. it is just fantastic. Does and Pan send you a check tomorrow or when does that come? So I didn't even realize that um, this was a thing until I saw somebody tweet about it. And so this is the first game that I've ever watched. I will never, when I rewatch a game, I will never not now watch it in the Skycam angle if I have the ability to. Yeah. Because it, it's 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 a favorite way. So you're rooting for ESPN ball. games every week now. You're like screw CBS. Wait, so but somebody told me that CBS maybe has it too. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I haven't either. I'll, I'll look it out. But but yeah, I mean, also screw CBS for multiple reasons because <laughs> four hours is too long. It's becoming a real thing. It's too damn long, dude. The There's a reason why the high. NFL keeps it nice and tight at three hours a game. They're good okay. At I know you want more money, CBS. I get it. Just sell the spots for more and do less spots. Bottom line. 
Even though as a fat guy playing, I always liked it because you could always catch your breath because it was just like constant breaks where you could just chill a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's my thoughts on the uh, they were great thoughts on the Ole Miss game. At the end of the day, not panicking about the defense. Offense remains incredible. I'm more concerned than I was a week ago. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But Absolutely not panic. Well, because because they're so they spent a lot of the season improving, but the hallmark of this defense, the negative hallmark, it's not that they've been bad. It's that they've been inconsistent. Hundred percent. Uh, the Florida game's kind of a perfect. Uh, the Florida game's a paragon of that. Perfect. As, um, which also shows that it isn't as simple as like, oh, they get tired, which I think is a common thing you hear. Yes. Of like they get tired from the offense, which I'm not arguing is a fact. I feel like, I feel like people backed off that a little bit. Like, yeah, like it juices up the numbers a little bit, a but little it bit. doesn't explain everything. Yeah, because the Florida game is the best example. Like you said, very flawed in the first half. Second half shut perfect. off for 25 minutes. Yeah, perfect in the second half. Yeah. So, so they've been inconsistent. And you have to hope that one of those bad days doesn't rear its ugly head on on a big moment. And so, yes, like, like I think Brody said it best. More concern, but overall, I think... Uh, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and it's not nearly as bad as it looked. And the offense remains incredible, and it's a 21-point win on the road. Um, what do you think about Burrow throwing those two picks? I love how angry he was. Second one, he got hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his fault. So that one's not him. First one, yeah, he said he made a bad decision. Um I just thought it was more interesting watching his body language. Yeah. Because he's super stoic. Like, good or bad, he tends to be pretty stoic. And then he was trying to maintain that face after the second pick, but you could see his jaw, his jaw muscles just working, he dude. So- he was he was grinding his teeth. He was so pissed off. Well, I guess the only my only note would be, and I'm not saying we're there yet, I'm saying it's something to kind of follow, is you, you almost wonder if it's human nature. If you're having a year like this, you start to get a little bit of that invincibility feeling. And yeah. I, I want, I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm saying let's just keep an eye on it. Like I wonder if he's starting to have some, like, I can fit any window, and maybe he's forcing some things, but not even close to there yet. Yeah, he was, um, outside of those two picks, pretty much perfect again. <laughs> was, yeah. I was, literally, before that, before that late third quarter, my story was going to be purely about how he's oh, breaking that's right. Yeah, we, we didn't even mention the 16 completions in a row. 16 completions in a row, broke the single-season yardage record. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, he broke several records that game. Like that he was almost be- had the single game record. The defense was trying yeah. to keep him in the game so he could get it, and that's he missed it by like that. Yeah, no one talks about that. Yeah, that's too bad, yeah, man. Yeah, dude, they were just David selfless. Okay, and he's now see that would be Spinza. That, that would be an example Spinza. of me not objectively believing what that's I'm saying. Tiger droppings ish, yeah. Uh, but I do love it. Nice job by the defense. You tried your best. Burrow <laughs> screwed you over in the end. So, place to start Arkansas LSU is. I just want to start with the spread. Yeah, sure. So it's at. I, I haven't looked at anything. I've well, watched a couple of Arkansas games on Saturday. I know that this. Oh, I yeah, we're not going to talk Arkansas. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to discuss this because so it opened, at one point it was forty six at one book, yes. which would have been sort of opened at right at like one book. Okay. Uh, but that would have been like the highest in SEC history, or at least in like forty or fifty years. Um, now it looks like it's settling at like forty three and a half, forty. I mean forty three, but. First off, that's bonkers. Like, let's just, I mean, like, what? It's crazy. I saw like, a a UMass. Um, who did UMass play last week? Northwestern or Rutgers? Yeah, yeah UMass Northwestern was forty and a half. Yes. yes. Well, Big Ten, you see those every now and then because you see like Ohio State Rutgers is like that high. It gets that high, but Big Ten Big Ten's a little more like you know. Um, in top balance. heavy, yeah, or a little more. It's, or, I, I mean, the SEC is incredibly top heavy right now, but traditionally, yes, yeah. I feel what you're saying. Um, yes, yeah, so this is pretty crazy. I think at one tells you how bad Arkansas is, but also tells you. I think also there's something factored in here of like teams are learning LSU's not, they're not pulling guys that early. 
Yeah. Like, they've been running things up because they are, I don't know if they will anymore, but I bet that factors in a lot. Post to, uh, um, I, I feel like they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna have a a, a quick hook this I'd week. I admitted it Monday. But yeah, well, I think he's gonna change. You're right, but uh, all season he's kept. I mean, no, I agree. Wrong. I agree. And it seems like Burrow which has I think is Heisman stuff. wanted Burrow has wanted to stay in a yes. lot of times, which I, I think a lot of it's Heisman. Stuff. And people say you got to protect. You know, we'll talk about the Tua stuff in a second. Um, yeah, I, I would expect to have a quick hook this weekend. If if I was going to choose LSU to cover, which I would just never touch this game because like I'd be taking Arkansas. Such an absurd. You you just take Arkansas. Well, out of here's principle. what I would point to. So I I, I dabble in the gambling arts and I, yes. I pay for some data services and whatnot. I dabble and I pay for <laughs> and I pay for data services. Back off, man. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, I get into this more because I find it fascinating. Yeah, like I just love reading this stuff and seeing it. But anyway. Uh, so I, I was saying that studies the spread, the amount of the percentage of tickets on a game versus the mon- percentage of money on a game. Yeah. So f- it's about fifty fifty in terms of the ticket split. Okay. So like, but ninety two percent of dollars are on Arkansas. So the sharp money. So on sharp is going heavy on Arkansas. Yeah. Because basically what that means is that the same amount of people are betting this game, but one Arkansas people are betting. Infinitely more money. Yeah, yeah. The smart guys. That's what I'm saying. I mean, why not? It's 43 points. Like, what are we doing here? The only way that I could justify as uh, LSU covering would be... Well, no, see, the interim thing I feel like may actually work in Arkansas's favor. That's what I meant. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. No, the only way I could justify LSU covering is because they played so shittily on defense last week. There's the idea they're going to like come out and just be like, oh, we're going to murder them. But It's possible. it's, it's, It's possible, but I think they'll have a quick hook. Um... I would like them to have a quick cook too. I want to see Miles in a little extended action, uh, Brennan, yeah, this weekend. All the reps he can. Yeah, yeah, uh, because I think obviously he's going to have the biggest shoes to fill in LSU in probably sixty years if Joe Burrow wins <laughs> the Heisman. It really. We talked about this, I think, last week, but it's really funny how I'm already just getting anxiety thinking about the debates next, se- yeah. next season about like LSU's going to be like I don't know what the. 18th ranked offense on SP Plus or something like that, and it's going to be like, what happened? And it's like, just. You throw, like, if you average 320 yards a game, 65% completion, and a 3 to 1 touchdown interception People ratio, will be kind of you are significantly worse than Joe Perron, Yeah, which is really hilarious. annoying. Yeah. It's like, it's I'm really dumb. I'm dreading it. That's uh. why he's in line for the Heisman. Um, so so yeah I, I, okay so I'm with you on Arkansas it's it's just crazy they're not any good uh, I would not touch this game or, or maybe you said like you said if you're gonna play it just play the Hogs anything else do you think that we can learn out of this weekend shoot not really I mean there's not much I really think you can honestly learn about the defense against this Arkansas team like it's just a bad Arkansas team so I don't think it's gonna tell me anything. So I did some uh, basic math, and if you look at the games that LSU has left, uh, let's say Burrow threw for like, I think it was like 320 a game is maybe what I did, or 325 a game. Um, Burrow might throw for over 5,000 yards this season. Yeah. I mean, real shit. (laughs) 5,000 yards? Do you know what the craziest is? I tweeted this Saturday night, but... I mean the the, the all time the single season receiving yard record by Josh Reed is in like the mid seventeen hundreds, and that just seemed like completely unattainable. Oh, I didn't know they played football then. In the was that right before the revolution? What did I say? In the mid seventeen hundreds, that's that's unbelievable. Nice. The seventeen hundred wow. yard range. Uh, uh, yeah, nice, nice, yeah. Bob. Sorry, uh, but anyway, bad, everybody. Okay, I mean, Josh he, Reed, seventeen. He's probably yards. not going to break it, but I'm saying like with that two hundred twenty something yard gain, he's now in the eleven hundred range. 
and don't do it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm and not. so, like, time. So now I'm he's done. about 600 behind with two, three, upwards of five games to go if they make a championship. Oh, yeah. That's not crazy. That's what I, I did my math off of five games as well, to be yeah. fair. And so the Jamar Chase thing, I mean, it's just funny how, and this is not a diss to Justin Jefferson, I think he's one of the six best receivers, in, six or seven best receivers in the country. But Jamar Chase, I think, has officially become the best receiver on this team, which six weeks ago, I don't think we felt that way. Yeah, and it's still, I mean, look, the stats, I mean, there's no need to feel bad for Justin Jefferson because when you look, um, they, they do have a little bit of an Odell and Jarvis thing going on where Justin's your more high-volume grinder yeah. and Jamar's become this like huge big play threat. It's actually but a good comp. Yeah. You, you just look right now. Um, Jefferson averaged seven, seven catches a game. Chase averages six. Jefferson averages 101 yards a game. Chase averages 124. Chase has 13 touchdowns. Jefferson has 11. It's wild. What I wish, if Terrace Marshall had stayed healthy, I wonder if he could maybe hit 1,000 yards. I wonder if you could yeah. have had three 1,000-yard receivers in the same year. I feel pretty confident would have, which is crazy. Oh, what but a yeah. bummer. What a waste of And here's of some better stats to kind of show the difference between him and what they do differently. Catch rate. Jamar Chase is 70% about Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson is 87.7%. And how does catch rate, how is catch rate factored? I don't know exactly what like, goes in the metric, but I'm sure it's a... Is that like the percentage you're catching it when you're targeted? I, I believe, and I'm sure... If, I, I feel or maybe like, like when you hit your hands or yeah, something. I don't I don't know exactly how he factors I think, it. I think that's what it is. I think catch rate has drops okay. in it. Okay. Uh, I'm right. not 100% on that. Good call. But that so, would yeah. make sense. So 70% versus 88%. That's crazy. Um, Jamar, Jamar, Justin Jefferson is a 73% success rate, which is how often you convert basically what you're supposed to convert on a target. Wow. Uh, Jamar Chase is 63%. But then the big difference is, so by all metrics, Jefferson's more efficient. But Jamar Chase is a, has a, and this, these numbers won't mean anything to you, but basically he's double Jefferson's explosiveness rating. Yeah, that, so, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that, that's pretty much how it's gone this year. Yeah. Um, and what's wild is Jamar Chase with that 1,100 yards. Remember, he did miss a game. Yeah, so he it's played one less game tonight. than everybody else yeah. in the SEC, and he leads. Uh, second place is Devontae Smith. He's right there with Jefferson. Devontae Smith averages 102 yards per game. Jamar Chase averaged 124. I always, I always think that's interesting. Not just when you and you. It's wild the good wide receiver play we're seeing in Louisiana because Mike Thomas is doing this in the NFL now. Like when you lead the league or the nation or the conference in anything, that's always impressive. Where it becomes mind blowing is when the second place guy is like, there's a significant gap behind you. And if you look at Thomas in the NFL right now, there's that. And then if you look at Jamar Chase, he's got a pretty significant gap. He's averaging almost 20 yards a catch. Right now, and and it's pretty. I mean, you could break down both those touchdowns again. Old Miss, the first one, it seemed like just a player being on the same page with his quarterback. Where when he saw Burrow escape yeah. that rush, you know, at first he ran a little. Um, it's like a little hitch or something. I actually don't know what the technical name would be, um, but but you know, just like run up, press the corner, he comes back to the ball. But then when he sees. Uh, uh, Burrow breaking out, he immediately kind of improv it to where he just took up off the sideline. Burrow saw him, boom, touchdown. And then the second touchdown. Which is almost the most like, best example of like what Jamar Chase is. Yes. Yeah. Just a big play guy. I mean, a big, just a well, his beast. ability to just shake off that first tackler is just ridiculous. That's true. Um, also, the threat that he now represents, the second touchdown highlights that, where he goes up and 
the the safety that's supposed to have him deep, right? He's threatening the post, and, and he's looking like he's going to run a post. And I'm talking about the second the safety turns his hips to the inside to try to defend him on the post, Chase breaks that thing off and goes vertical, and he's done. And and all it took was one false step. Oh, wait, he had three touchdowns. Well, I'm done. thinking of the third one. My bad. Oh, did he have three touchdowns the other yeah, night? So I'm thinking of the third one where he gets like the slant and shakes the guy off. Yeah, so my right, bad. I'm talking about the first two. I'm talking yeah, about the first that's two. That's on me. No. Um, the first one was the scramble drill where he broke it off, broke up field, uh, and broke through it over the top. And the second one was the post that he that, that went for. Well, it wasn't supposed to be a post. That's the route. But it was just excellently run. The threat of Chase flipped the safety's hips. And then Burrow has that recognition now where like he's gotten to that point where when he sees those hips flip, he knows it's over. It's already beat yep. if he can just get the ball there. Also, Burrow's probably his best uh, like throwing on the run game. Like he's uh, always a yeah. good scrambler, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily like throw on the move often. Yeah, and he had like three or four huge plays off. And his his deep balls, uh, he's the by by far the best deep ball thrower in the SEC. I know that SEC stat cat on Twitter has a lot of these. Um, let me look up before we talk about Tua and just kind of you know our, our thoughts on what is. In my mind, the most impactful injury that I that I've seen in a long time. Let me let me do some quick math here do it, on buddy. the spot because I did this going into Saturday's game, and I'm sure it got even more ridiculous. My guy Preston Guy, uh, I think, tweeted this like a couple weeks ago, and so I've been tracking it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so Joe Burrow now has 73 incompletions on the year. 73. Why that is impactful is he has 38 touchdowns. 38 touchdowns <laughs> to 73 incompletions. For every two incompletions, he is averaging just over one touchdown. That is stupid. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. My mind cannot fathom that. It's like, it is weird. And I think the announcers joked about this the other night because he completed the 16 in a row. And then I think he had two incompletions in a row. And it felt like a drought. Like it really did because you're just so used to every time he drops back, positive thing happens. 73 incompletions to 38 touchdowns. That's unreal. Yeah, I think when people look back on this season, because it's so tricky now with this modern offense to really like look at stats, because now they're just all ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now you just sure. see so many quarterbacks going for four thousand yards and all these things. And you're just like, what? What does any of it mean? But I think when we look back on this season, what we'll remember or what should be remembered is that you put on up these yardage, and then you look at that seventy-eight point six percent completion percentage. Yeah. If it holds, big if they're going to play some good defenses down the stretch. But if it holds, will be the all-time best completion percentage while throwing these yardage. Yeah, that's I what mean, I it's efficiency with explosiveness. Well, and, that, and that's, that's crazy. Yard, and that's yards per attempt, right? And the, and that like yeah. that's what like it's funny. He's only fourth in that. And, and yards per attempt, though, that is. The single best metric for everything Brody just talked about. 10 is elite. He's at 10.8. He was carrying 12 for a while. Yeah, he which was, but I mean, that's unsustainable, dude. You just, you cannot. Jalen Hurts at 12.3. You think Jalen Hurts has a chance of the Heisman? No. No. I think, I think the only one, my personal opinion is the only one who, I think Burroughs kind what of. What if Elchu loses the SC championship? I don't think Hurts would take it. I think the only person Justin I could, Fields? I think the only person that can make a case is Justin Fields. I'm not saying he will. I think huh. Burrow, I think Burrow has it. A heavy, heavy lead, but Fields at least has the opportunity now. He has three massive games coming up. He's got Penn State, Ohio, 
Penn State, Michigan, and then the Big Ten title game. So that's going to be three top 10, 15 yeah, games. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, like, because like, yeah. it's all about narratives, as we always say on here. So, like, if anyone has a slight chance, it's Fields going crazy in these three massive games, and all of a sudden that's all anyone remembers. But I really think Burrow has a massive lead right now. Joey Butt Cheeks. That's what, uh, let's end on that. All the kids in the neighborhood call him. Is uh, Joey Butt Cheeks. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah. One of the dads started. Chanting that during the Alabama game, then we all started chanting it. Then all the little boys started chanting because they thought it was the funniest thing in the yeah, world. I have a big feature coming out Friday on you know growing up in Athens and everyone calling him Joey Butt Cheeks. Yeah, really, it drove him to be this guy. Well, you know? you're welcome for the story idea. Um, okay, let's talk about Tua. Oh, so geez. a horrific injury. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm just gonna say it. You don't pull. No one pulls quarterbacks in the first half. Nobody does. So that's that's a, that was a, that's a discussion, right? Did like what's your opinion on how Nick on what? Nick Nobody Saban pulls quarterbacks in the first half. Yeah. Like honestly, if you can show me a bunch of examples, I'll be like, all right, tip of the cap. But if you can show me like of real good teams, more than like five, I'll listen. But it do, they don't do that. Don't do it. I just think this is a really awful thing that happened. I agree. And I don't think you can like throw around blame. Also, I'm pretty sure isn't there um, reporting of him talking Nick into it? Uh, so that goes both ways because Saban at the time said that Tua did not, and then he okay. later said that he did. Mm. So that's mm. that's a little interesting. That is Saban's biggest misstep is the interview at half, and I get he's in game mode, but he looked like a sociopath. He just looked like I mean, because because Tua was obviously extremely hurt. He was yelling in pain. I mean, some of the, the was, reports coming bad, out are yeah. brutal. And Saban was pretty cold before half. And so, like, already there's a lot of weird friction when you make, you know, $11 million a year and the players don't make anything. And Saban has a reputation for using guys up in college. And so, so for him to kind of feel that kind of emotionless, I think that was his biggest misstep. In terms of did he actually do wrong by Tua keeping him in the game? No, man. I, I think this injury just highlights the reality of football. Yeah. Which is like awful stuff happens. All that awful cliche about like you're only one play away all the time. Like that is that is true. There is a lot of inherent danger in football that ninety nine point nine percent of the time does not show up. But when it does, when you get that point zero one percent, it can be really, really bad. And and it sucks that it happened to a guy that was like a guaranteed number one pick for like two years, yep. it felt like. That's and awful. so I don't know what happens from here. Um I'm really so, interested to see what happens. So he had the draft. dislocated hip with a posterior wall fracture, right? Yeah, he's got two bum ankles. Did they Not ever? Bum, but... Did they ever? Um, actually, you know, thing on the ankles that's interesting is uh, Ross Dellinger's article. Yeah, on that. I was say, yeah. you talk to players down the road, and some of them say that their ankles feel even stronger. That ankle, yeah, that surgery, the tight rope allegedly actually makes it better. So, yeah, good point. So You're right. we'll see. He, maybe he has like cybernetic ankles now. Wow. Um, Take him number one. And look, they they are saying that two is going to make a full recovery. So. Yes. Why just, that remains to be seen, but it's just human nature that when these teams are looking at him in the draft, you're, you have a guy who's in the past thirteen months had three relatively relevant. So, injuries. so isn't that where Tua becomes a bit fascinating, though? Because fascinating. if he if he is going to make a full recovery, what a high value play! I mean, how many yep, teams are going to be willing so to, to follow? Yep. How many teams are going to be willing to pass off on him? Because then you become a whole thing of is everyone thinking that way? So how high does he go? <laughs> yeah. Because you might you might have a team at like five who's just like Bro, you know the Saints are sitting there in the first round and two is on the board. Are you shitting me? You think that people wouldn't be freaking out for them to take two? Oh, no matter will. even it's going to be oh like it's going to be this year's Lamar Jackson, even though that one actually worked out. Yeah, but I mean, but like, I just mean like remember that was every team in the NFL was like why are we taking Lamar Jackson? And I'm like maybe they don't think he's 
he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, like, obviously, that's, that, the, the result doesn't matter, but I'm just saying that was an obnoxious day on Twitter. No, no but, doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be two of this year. But I don't know what I would do because, like, listen, he's not going to go, I, I mean, go one now. We know that. Right? I cannot let Tua get out of the second round. Hell no, no, no way. way he goes out of second. Yeah. So Someone then, has to take a chance. Yeah, so, oh my, and and this would it will probably be radio. like you said a good team, which is the scariest thing. Yeah, that's what somebody said on radio. It's gonna be the fucking. It's gonna be the Patriots. It's gonna be the Patriots. It's gonna be the he Patriots. I think it's almost like the Spurs thing. I remember, I remember this being a thing like a few drafts ago, where like I want to say it was Kyle Anderson, one of those guys who was like, and like the whole draft process, every everyone, every analyst is just like, man, he's such a Spurs guy. He's totally gonna be a Spurs guy, and his agent just kept being like. Yeah, but the Spurs keep thriving with it. Why aren't you taking him earlier? <laughs> like, don't, why aren't you learning from that and take him before thirty-one? I, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, hello, the Spurs guys do well. <laughs> so, like, I feel like teams are like wisening up to be like, okay, this is a value thing. So you just have to think somebody will take him before like twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I, I would hope so, and I would think so. I guess the only thing that we don't like, know, like the Steelers get him at like nine, like eighteen. Ooh. Ooh, I mean, they're going to move on from Big Ben here soon. They there's, there's a lot of fun hypotheticals. Um, I like a good fun hypothetical. And, the, the, and I don't know if we know this. Talking to my buddy that's an orthopedic surgeon, it seems like the big deal is is Your if, uh, yeah, is, you know, from, from what I've heard, it's, is that blood flow to the femoral head disrupted or not? Yeah, I've been talking about that for days. Um, I mean, no, I look and 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 uh, like I won't say anything else on it, but it's part and for people compared to Bo Jackson, part of the problem with Bo Jackson is, as the story goes, uh, it was disrupted, but they didn't even know that his hip yeah. came out or whatever. So for two weeks, his femoral head was not getting blood flow, and so it literally disintegrated. Um, now I don't know. I've I've heard from both, but. If it is disrupted, it's not common practice to reattach them, and that's when you could maybe talk about maybe not coming back. But wow. but it seems like, and to be clear, this is all secondhand. You should not take this with any sort of like you know we are on a podcast. It's good info. It's we good are info. just talking. Like whether I'm not saying do not take this as word of law because I am obviously not a medical professional. I know a little bit because I'm a general studies major, but I am not a medical professional. Um, but uh, yeah, that got me. Sure. Yeah, so look, so they're saying, so they're saying, you know, full recovery, and I hope to God it's true. Because I don't, you know, I hate Alabama, uh, but um, I've always that's been the worst part about Tua. It's like. It's like the guy that you want to hate, but he's just so damn nice, yeah. and he's so kind to you, and he treats you great in the hallway, and it's like nobody has anything negative to say about him because he does everything the right way, and he just he's just so likable. Yeah, and also and, I w- I'd rather watch good football than bad football. Yes. I want to watch great players play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we're we're all hoping that Tua is um a okay and makes that full recovery that they're talking about, and, and me and Brody both agree that. You know what's interesting too? It's like Nick Saban. It's because you know he does love the kid, right? Like he definitely does love the kid. Yeah. At the end of the day, and he's just been getting ripped on, and will get ripped on, and questioned, and second guessed all week long. And I don't like thinking of Nick Saban as a human a lot of times, but in human terms, that does kind of suck. Yeah, because you're already really bummed out and sad about the whole thing, and then everybody's telling you what a piece of shit you are for doing it. That's a good point. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Ah. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, um, you know what we should do next this because I've got a feeling next week there will not be much to really discuss. A and M revenge game, true, baby. We, but we should finally set up that email and get a mailbag going for next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a gut feeling we're gonna need some uh, some HTTP. We can always solicit questions on Twitter too. HTTP email. 
HTTP. HTTP mail. HTTPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPP
I mean, Christian Bale, Matt Damon. One. I want to see Jojo Rabbit's yes. good. I want to see Jojo Saw Rabbit. That. I had a good movie week this week. I'm probably this comes out later today, probably, but oops. I'm probably gonna go see the uh the Irishman tonight in New Orleans. Uh Nathan saw it, said it was great. Yeah, three and a half hours though, so I really gotta get it. Said it was incredible. <laughs> um and then what was the final thing I wanted to say to watch? Oh. On Disney Plus, there is a uh they're they're doing a season of it. Hour-long episodes, but it's a documentary on the creation of Disneyland and really the creation of Imagineers. And uh, if you like behind-the-scenes stuff, I always have. I love Imagineers. Um, Or I just like behind-the-scenes stuff. And I just remember being a kid, and Disney used to have those three-minute commercials where they would do these little Imagineer spots, and they would, like, show what they're working on. This is like that, just writ large and, you know, expanded. So if you like behind-the-scenes stuff, go check that out. Absolutely. All right. Frozen 2 is about to come out. I'm excited. You going to take Alice? I think it might be the first movie that I take her to theater for. I'm going to take her to one That's of those. Awesome uh, one. I think I'm going to take her to one of those kids showing. Celebrity theaters has them. Celebrity theaters also has like a sick ass arcade. Like huh. it's crazy. Like they completely. You. And if you're into like, if you're into and, and to be just full fully transparent, I did commercials with them for like two months to promote a Star Wars like three years ago. I am not paid by them, but. They had these two theaters, premium large format theaters, um, laser projectors, gigantic IMAX screens, super clear resolution, the Dolby Atmos sound what, system. Which theater is this? Celebrity theaters. Okay, it's gotcha. like way down 12. Yeah. Right. They have 108 speakers in this Dolby Atmos sound system. It is like if you do, if you're like a like a like a technology porn kind of guy, yeah. like you're not going to find a nicer technological theater in Baton Rouge. Well, now I kind of wish I saw Ford v. Ferrari there, because that's a very like technical, sound-based movie. See, so they only have two of those theaters, though. So they tend to just show, like, what's the Marvel movie or the Star So I don't know. Yeah, if, I saw, I don't, I don't I either, I saw it in, in the Cinemark's uh, XD or whatever. And those called. are great, too. Those are those awesome. Are, yeah, yeah, those are awesome, too. Yeah, so. No um, so if you're into that sort of thing, go check out. But yeah, I think I'm going to take Alice to one of those. So. You should, man. That'd be awesome. We'll see. Uh, all right. This is the Hold That Podcast podcast. Um, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, rate and review. We are now on iTunes. Finally, we did it. Um, and then this was our beating Bama. Uh, it was. It really was. Yeah. And then uh, also uh, buy your Thanksgiving meats from A Bear Specialty <laughs> Meats on Bogosh or in Prairie Bowl. Either one. I don't care. Just from one of the ones that I have a five percent ownership stake in. You're, in you're with both. Uh, one in Prairie Bowl and the one in Bocage. Okay, in, I thought uh, it was just the Bocage. No, right. no, no, no. Nice deuce, baby. All right, y'all have a great day, and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Behold that podcast podcast. Later, y'all.